Hi, I'm Marianne Talkovsky, and you're listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With over a decade of experience as a holistic health practitioner and face reader, I've read hundreds of faces and elevated how many people see themselves. Every person's facial features tell a story of who they are and who they came to be. And in this podcast, you will hear what people see and learn about themselves while looking in the mirror. You won't want to miss an episode, so be sure to subscribe. Hi, folks. So I'm in my studio here, and it's almost the beginning of April. And we've reached 14 episodes in to Humanity Speaks. I've interviewed a lot of amazing guests who have been brave enough to share their stories, their heroes' journeys, by really taking a look at their faces and really allowing themselves to be seen and allowing me the privilege of guiding them through the process of a face reading. Also with questions and giving them a chance to process and share. And I thought that, you know, there's so much change going on, even where I'm recording is in a different space. Season has changed. There's a lot going on in the world today. And a lot that has really made me feel like it's time for me to be more vocal about my story. And so I thought that this would be a great opportunity in short format to share what I see in my face. You know, having the background of being able to understand we've all come here to sign a contract and live experiences. We all have our patterns and our talents and our challenges. And I am not immune. (laughs) And so I thought it would be great to start a series of solo casts for this month just to share, again, what I see in my face, what I believe humanity needs, my hero's journey, and then just sharing a couple of other things that, you know, have sparked my passion and inspiration to create this podcast. So I'll start by, of course, as all episodes, you can't really see me, you may see a photo of me, but right now I'm looking at my face and, you know, that's what's so great about faces It's the most dynamic aspect of our bodies. Our faces can change in an instant. So they really do reveal a lot. You know, our expressions, our feelings, our thoughts. And I'm looking at my face right now. And so just when I look at my face, and this is subjective, right? Because the way we look at ourselves really is based on a lot of perception and perspective and even imprinting of others' beliefs. So when I look at my face, I see a woman. I identify as woman, cisgender. And I see a woman who, gosh, my voice, it sounds like I'm not Asian. But when I see my face, I see my features, I'm half Asian. And the other half is Caucasian. I always joked around. My dad was a Heinz 57 Caucasian. His background was Scottish, Irish, 
American Indian, German, and my mother from the Philippines, her background was also diverse because the Spaniards colonized the Philippines. And then there were many influences from China and Malaysia that came and mixed with the population. So I really am multiracial. And it may be hard to notice or, or see unless you are familiar with Filipino features. My nose often gives my um, heritage away, <laughs> the infamous flat nose. Um, but when I look at my face, there is a mixed sentiment. Um, I am working on self-acceptance and it's been a long time coming. Um, I like what I see. I like how I'm aging. And there are also some parts that I'm still surprised. That's what I look like. I don't, I can't believe that's what I look like. Um, and I'll go into that more as I just read each of the features. So um, right ear, when I look at right ear, so right at my one year notch, um, my brother and I were very close in age. So he was born about 14 months after I was. So he's he's definitely there. Um, and then if I look at age 10, on my other ear, there is a notch there as well. Um, 10 was a really interesting age for me. I think, you know, everybody has an identifying moment when they're 10. And for me, uh, it was, uh, you know, someone had told me, gosh, you would look so much better if you lost 15 pounds. And I think I took that as I am not enough. I'm not okay. And I think that, you know, it wasn't just one person, um, but I think that was a belief that was imprinted upon me with the intention of having me fit in as an American. So that really had shaped, um, has shaped my life. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about body positivity. And I didn't link the race piece of it until last year when Black Lives Mattered happened. Um, well, it's always been happening, but you know, um, when the murder of George Floyd, um, rest in peace, he, you know, um, that tragedy really sparked a lot of strife publicly. And to me, I was feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, to, to be rejected for your color, for your race, for the way you look. Um, maybe I'm not black, but I can definitely relate to that piece. So when I look at my face and I'm still surprised at what I see, it's because I think I'm supposed to look blonde and blue-eyed. And now with the rise of Stop Asian Hate, hearing more stories, you know, there's 48 Asian countries so many Asian American Pacific Islanders are looped under this one umbrella. Um, and so we all have different experiences. And at the same time, there is a stereotype. And that stereotype, you know, whether it's yellow fever or it's, um, you know, you are a foreigner, you're other, you're exotic, 
whatever, you know, you're you're the good minority, you're the hard worker and you're, you know, submissive and um, great at math and science, whatever the stereotype is, that um, definitely has been a common thread that many Asian American and Pacific Islanders face. And I didn't realize that we were also as a community experiencing racism, you know, maybe it wasn't to the degree that black people do, but um, now it's becoming more prevalent with the violence that's happening. Um, so, so that is a lot of what I see in my face that has been rooted from upbringing. And it's really fascinating. You know, I have a coach, um, Susan Hyatt has amazing woman, and she has helped me to link diet and hustle culture together, you know, and having this desire to fit in to achieve, to be the good Asian or the good girl or the good American, and also to look thin and lean, you know? So our culture has really come to intersected in that way. So that's my um, preliminary years in childhood. Now, my earlobes, and I don't really talk about this as much when I read someone's faces, but my earlobes are very detached. And what that means is, you know, I can pick up and I can go anywhere and I can make a family with anyone. And that has been true all my life. Anytime that I've had challenges with my family, I have always found another home. And I've been blessed to have other people take me in. I mean, one of my close girlfriends in New York, her family took me in. Two of them actually took me in um, while I was in high school. Another family took me in. Um, yeah, and I've been always been a traveler, so I tend to find uh, a family. And I have loved being independent in that way. I do notice my daughter has the same earlobes, and it does make me sad <laughs> to know that that could potentially be her experience too. So me having this awareness, I will definitely do what I can to let her know her home is always with me and her father. And no matter where she goes, she has us. So um, when I look at my hairline, so this is what I've talked about as being the the seat of the mother's influence and my hairline is very uneven um i do have a slight widow's peak which is about charm and creativity and charisma um and i, I think that's a little bit more hidden for me and my personality uh what i do notice about the unevenness of my hairline you know that's if mother taught you social graces I think my mom did the best that she could. And mom, I'm sure you're going to be listening to this now. So I'm just going to keep it real. I know that you were doing what you could with what you know. And I know that if you knew better, you would have done better. Um, I think that, you know, my mom was doing her best to fit in to, and she still is to this day. You know, I think, again, with the racism that's happening towards Asians, um, you know, she just wanted to fit in. She didn't really speak English well um, and moved over here when she was 18 and had me at a very young age. And so 
I know that she just wanted me to be American. She didn't want me to struggle. And that's why I don't know the language Tagalog. And it's, it saddens me. Um, but, you know, we got Rosetta Stone. So we're going to do what we can now. So, yeah, social graces. I think she did what she could. But dealing with an independent child as well. <laughs> and I see that in my daughter, too. I'm going to really have to balance you know, her independence with me teaching her social graces. With, uh, I see, you know, there's definitely some subtle lines in my 20s. And those are for stories at another time. You know, 20s was a tough decade. I moved to New York. And I wanted to pursue marketing. And I wanted to travel around the world. And I always tell the story to people that are willing to listen that, I overslept on September 11th. My roommate and I were, we were planning to go to the World Trade Center that morning and I overslept. And we were living in Jersey at the time and I had gone to the gym and they had this panoramic view on the window and I had, so I was still groggy. A woman was running down the stairs saying someone was attacking the United States and um, I didn't know what she was talking about until I walked up the stairs and saw the second plane crash into the second tower and that changed the trajectory of my life I knew I wasn't going to travel I knew that um, no matter how much my parents begged me to come back to the Midwest I was willing to stay in a city of tragedy and be around diversity and and explore what I needed to to learn and so I was introduced to a whole world of holistic experiences and that was my tw my decade in my 20s while also battling a lot of issues of worthiness by picking the wrong boyfriends so <laughs> another time another story another time but when I look at my brows I look at in between my brows this is the seat of um, father's influence and I do have, you know, people have even asked me, do you get Botox? Have you ever had Botox? It looks like you don't have lines or you fully, you know, it looks like they're they're subtle. I do see that I have these lines that would be called the suspended sword or the suspended needle. It's so subtle. It's not imprinted in my skin. Um, and you know, that has to do with father's influence. My father and I, we had a very um, interesting relationship. Um, I was the type of kid that, you know, if he was disciplining me and he had very strong tactics, he was a military man, I would fight back. And so I definitely, you know, the father's influence, it is about was father absent in your life? If not physically, was he absent emotionally? And my father, he was there for me at times. Um, most of the time, though, it was a tumultuous relationship. And a lot of it had to do with him wanting me to identify as white and and good. And so he had, um, you know, I dated my first black boyfriend in college. And he had called me a trophy said I was a trophy and a tramp he didn't talk to me for three years after that and you know I remember him coming to bring over mail one day and he, you know I'd asked my boyfriend at the time his name was Kevin to 
hide in the closet. And I feel ashamed. I feel ashamed that that's where I was at. I didn't know better. I knew that I loved Kevin for who he was. And I did appreciate his his upbringing, his culture, his family, his community. Um, so I didn't understand why my dad was so against it. But I was willing to sacrifice having a connection with my father to be with Kevin and still afraid of my dad. So... So there's a lot there, um, you know, about how I see myself and who I identify as. My brows, I've I've had them microbladed. And the reason why I had them colored in, because they're very sparse, is I know in Chinese face reading that brows represent strong drive and determination. And when your brows are sparse, you can have a tendency to waver. And I wanted to step into my strength so I've had them um, semi-permanent filled in. My cheeks, sometimes they're apparent, sometimes they're not. My cheekbones, that's a seat of power. And I do feel like I wax and wane between having a voice and stepping up and really, really having the confidence and sometimes really doubting and questioning myself. It happens a lot. And I'm working on that. My nose, um, I had a face reader tell me once, your nostrils, they're very visible. And I know what that means. It means energy comes in and it goes out too. Money comes in, money goes out. And so, again, that's what I love about face reading is having this awareness of what my face says and the patterns that I have and working to um, course correct or to go with the flow and just radically accept who I am so my daughter also has visible nostrils and I made a promise to myself that I would teach her what it means to hold on to resources you know we don't have to be stingy but um, we don't have to give what we don't have either my philtrum so right now it's towards the end towards the bottom of my philtrum it's um it's fuller and so this is a sign of abundance and fertility, and I'm in my 40s, pregnant currently, almost halfway mark, 19 weeks tomorrow. So um, I'm really happy to see that, you know, another story, another time, but we are blessed, and the abundance and the fertility is, is present in my face. My lips and my gels are also full and my mentor, Lillian Bridges, who was who taught me face reading 10 years ago and I still, I love her so much. She is really my family. Um, she's always encouraged me to know the latter years of my life are going to be so rich and plentiful because of what she can see, the abundance in my lips and my gels and I'm looking at a pregnant face right now. <laughs> My chin, um, I do have the line um, above my chin that shows that I've really tapped into my well of resource that I have depleted and drained myself over the years. And I think in my 30s, I really did over effort. I felt like I had something to prove that I needed to achieve and to gain. And I just really worked myself hard into the ground and had dealt with some adrenal fatigue issues. That's one of the reasons why I left New York and moved back to the Midwest as well. 
So that is, in a nutshell, I mean, there's so much more that I could have gone on. But when I see myself, I, I see a woman who is afraid to fully claim her ancestry and body and power waking up. This woman is waking up. And I see a woman who's aging gracefully. Gravity is setting in. A pregnant mother whose face is full of love with eyes of kindness and warmth. A heart of compassion and a soul full of of joy and love. And I'm tearing up because it is really a vulnerable thing to see yourself, to let yourself be seen. So I'm always, always honored and privileged when my guests allow me to do the same. There's stories that are embedded in these features and in these lines. And they all tie down to who we are. So stay tuned for my hero's journey and what I believe humanity needs and other things I will share in the next solo cast. Until then, take care of yourself, be well, be happy, be radiant, and joyful. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Speaks podcast. With the rise of social media engagement and video conference calls, many people are feeling more self-conscious about seeing themselves face on. I believe that if you love yourself when you see yourself, you elevate humanity, which is why I've created programs to help people love who they see in the mirror. I want to show you how to look at yourself with love, compassion, and acceptance so you can share your strengths, presence, and talents with pride. The best part is we can work together one-on-one in a group program or even in person. Simply visit MarianneTelkovsky.com or follow me on Instagram at MarianneTelkovsky And we can get started right now on your path to radical self-acceptance, healthy aging, and building your radiant energy. Until next time, signing off, this is Marianne Talkovsky with Humanity Speaks.